0: You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier.
1: Hey everyone, Matt from Occupier here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of The Fully Occupied Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening platform or just shoot us a note at marketing at occupier.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on future guests, topics you'd like to hear about, ask us any questions you have, or just say hi. Enjoy the show. Rebecca, thanks for joining the Fully Occupied show.
0: Thanks so much for having me, excited to be here.
1: We've been talking about having you guys on as a guest for a long time, and it's glad I'm glad to finally connect and hear the story. Um, for the benefit of our audience, uh, it'd be great to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about Leap and your background, and, and then we can dive into some, some juicy topics.
0: Amazing. Um, so my name is Rebecca Fitz. I'm the director of real estate at a company called Leap, which basically we take the risk out of doing physical stores for brands and in the past um i've been um passionate and have worked in retail on the pr marketing side and was able to then transition my skills into the physical side of retailer working retail working at um some of the big developers uh, the big mall reads uh and then jumped the shark and went to warby parker um and consulted a little bit and um and then landed here at leap
1: Wow, so you must have picked up some serious learnings from pretty much every aspect of the retail side, right? So if you were working for the big owners, you grasped how the retail landscape was shifting, like what the considerations that tenants were asking landlords for and how their businesses were changing. I imagine from Warby Parker, you had like experience in a massive store rollout for like a brand that was exploding from like online to, to, to physical. So like what, like what did you learn along the way that, attracts you to the opportunity at Leap?
0: You know, I think it's that I've had a really 360 degree view. Um, And it's funny, it's very sometimes you have to be like, am I using my my right brain or my left brain? (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm I'm very comfortable with being on the retailer side, which is kind of how I feel at Leap. Um, But you know, the developer side is interesting, too. I think for the most part, I mean, one of the biggest learnings, and I'm loving being I'm not really a fly on the wall, but I'm actually loving being part of is the, you know, the tenant landlord evolution, because it's not necessarily a revolution, but you know, when I started at some of the big REITs, they were really, looking for direct to consumer brands, looking at pop up, looking at it in a different lens and, you know, kind of flash forward um, through all those experiences. I think we've really landed in this new place where the landlord tenant relationship is not completely different, but is really in a different place um, as far as what tenants or retailers can ask from their landlords and what landlords are asking from their brands and how they're thinking about them, um, which I think is in you know, much different light than than where we were in the past. Um, and some of that is pandemic related as well. Um, but it all really seems like, and, you know, again, not to be too fairy tale, but all those experiences really kind of lead to what I do at LEAP today um, in, you know, heading up a, a real estate team at a startup. And, um, you know, what are some of the best practices? And, and also learning, you know, a, along the way, what were some of the not best practices? So, <laughs> right. Um, we're we're certainly um, it, it, we're doing things kind of our way, um, and that's interesting too. So we're um, not necessarily the most traditional real estate team that you'll you'll ever meet.
1: Yeah, that's a good segue into Leap. Can you describe the platform a little bit and, and what the business does?
0: Sure. So um, again, Leap is a platform where you basically exists to take the risk out of direct to consumer brands and modern retailers. Um, doing stores, um, for lack of a better word. Um, the way the platform works in, in a deep 30-second dive, if you will, is um, if you're a brand, you can go onto our platform, you put in some financial information, some POS information. The platform essentially tells us what we can underwrite you for, which hopefully is, is everything. Um, and that would you know turn you into a Leap store, but it includes um, the lease. So Leap signs the lease, My my whole, mission for being um, and we also do all the capex uh, we do all the retail operations that includes all the human side of it as well as all the omni-channel side of it um, the brand and lee put in money for retail marketing and we roll that up into a four wall pnl we charge an operating fee uh, we take a percentage of sales and a very small percentage of ecom sales for the halo effect
1: wow so so you pretty much just set up the entire operation for a brand. So if are, what are, what is the wheelhouse size? Is this is this like a single boutique may want to do this and locate in say New York City, or are you looking for a certain scale in in rollout?
0: I mean, you know, we are loving building accounts. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that is really um, you know where we should be. So we've been um, I don't want to say lucky. We've we've prove the model um, and so we certainly have brands that are doing multiple stores with us. Um, we do also have brands who come on and say, I wanna try physical retail and we wanna try it with you um, and kind of to be determined whether they do more and more stores. Um, and we're in a bunch of different markets across the United States. I mean, I, I think our there's lots of secret sauce, I think to the LEAP model. Um, but one of them is that, you know, brands are coming, they get their own brand a creative store um, and, you know, having done my own pop-up shops, there is something really proud about turning the key in a store that has your sign outside, your branding, um, meeting your customers. Um, so I think um, that's that's a big part of it, but um, certainly taking um, the risk and the um, cost out of having to hire Ahead of real estate, ahead of retail operations, ahead of design and construction, um, not having to learn from the ground up how to negotiate all those agreements. um, I think is freeing up brands to do what they do best, which is build their brand.
1: Yeah. So do you guys have any competitors right now? I mean, it sounds like the way you describe it it just sounds like a complete no-brainer but obviously it's a completely new model like
0: it it's a new model um you know i would say we're we are very um good players in the sandbox. So we have lots of um, or a a couple of retail as a service folks who are also in it, but different than us. Uh, So Showfields, I would consider, you know, but they've got multiple brands, Um, neighborhood goods, uh, same exact thing, but we certainly have brands that have started with a neighborhood goods and then, you know, graduated to their own store, which is lovely kind of partnership with them, even though it was Organic, um, flagship is out there uh, doing something similar to us. It seems like they're doing more luxury players than we are. Um, you know, I used to get a little nervous about people entering it, but it's actually really. It shows that the model is working, and other people are are experimenting with it. So actually, yep. best form of flattery, I hope.
1: I, yeah, I agree. So for to the normal like passerby on a, on on like a street, would they have any idea that the store is powered by Leap? <laughs>
0: They would not. Um, great question. Um, we also cluster stores together. So if you're listening in your New York, in New York uh, and you're on Bleecker Street, um, I, I can call out what stores we have there. But again, you would not know that they were Leap Powered stores. You would think they were a Good Life store and a something Navy store and a Autumn store.
1: Awesome. And how deep down the real estate rabbit hole will you take a customer? Are they bringing their broker in to work with you? Are you guys providing that service? Like talk a little bit about kind of like the whole process that you guide someone to. Cause I would imagine if I owned a brand, I'm an entrepreneur who believes in my product. I make something, I want to sell it. I have almost zero real estate knowledge. Like where, talk a little bit about what you bring to bear
0: sure um you know we really make the process seamless um and so what we're finding and i think that i have a a a nice audience out there because there are some entrepreneurs who um, come to us or some d2c brands modern retailers who have actually done stores and know how hard it is, and have been through the formal process of having a broker negotiating a lease. Um, one of my favorite stories is a brand that's on the platform um, did one store with Leap, and then came to Leap's founders very early on and said, "I want to sign all my leases over to you because I don't, I know I don't want to operate my stores anymore. I want you to operate them." So there's that kind of customer who I think is really, you know, more sophisticated. But we certainly so- have folks who come who um, may not even know you need a broker um, but the i hope what is great for them and we're always um, i think open to educating brands that's a big part of doing the store process is that um, you know my team sources we use brokers we love our brokers they've been very very good to us because um, it was not easy going in the pandemic which i'm sure we'll talk about that um, but we source the spaces we package them up we give them a few choices. Um, we certainly give our opinion on on why they're important. Um, we show them a model with the, uh, you know, financials of the real estate and and all the other workings of running a store. Um, and then, you know, they they hopefully decide and again, with that spectrum of customers, there's some who are really savvy, um, and are gonna, you know, ask some really good, uh, probably hard questions of the real estate component. Um, and then, you know, there are these, you know, just brands that are brand, brand new who say, lead us, you know, we're, we're trusting you to do our stores and, that includes everything, including the real estate. So what would be best for us? Um, and the site selection is, you know, data driven for the most part from all the, the, the information they put in on the platform. So there's always still an art and a science to it. But you know, the science part is really being pushed along by our algorithm. So in a perfect world, again, um, maybe the space already exists in the portfolio, the leap portfolio, and the platform says this is where they should be. And the space is of available and um, you know we show it to them and, and they agree uh,
1: that, that site selection piece is super interesting so you will collect their criteria or what or, or however you want to call it in terms of location demographic like the, that stuff you have an algorithm that I imagine sources data from other places to help align those two things and when those things are meshed, then it gives a much clearer picture of like, okay, like, yes, here's the store that works. It's in the portfolio. Let's like propose that. And then maybe, and I'm just obviously prognosticating here. Maybe there's a situation where that store isn't in the portfolio yet. So it propels you guys to like enter a market or go get another lease. Is that accurate?
0: Absolutely, and you know where we are in the bell curve of um, startup life is—you know—we're two and a half, three years old, and so in a perfect world, I'd have a thousand boxes across the country in every single market. Um, and you know, we're we're not quite there yet, so there's a lot of sourcing going on, which is you know certainly exciting on the real estate side, and lots of deal making to be done. Um, <clears throat> so we're we're certainly getting there, but exactly, you know, how you explained it. We have a scoring system that can score any space um against a brand's information um as long as it exists in the platform today
1: cool um yeah so let's let's kind of pivot into uh the pandemic and like two and a half three years old that means you're less than two years old when all of a sudden the retail world was completely shut down um without bringing back too many horrible memories can you (laughs) can you walk us through how that went down
0: I am, I will say this, I think I'm dolly positive. And so I will say this, it, you know, it's. I joined LEAP. I want to, I hope I'm getting all my dates wrong. I want to say February 17th. Um, And I think, you know, we were projected due to do 70 stores. So there was a lot of, all right, Rebecca, you know, get onboarded, get up to par because we're about to kind of, you know, um, tell you to start your engine and go. And everybody, I think, knows what happened on March. For me, it was kind of 11, 12, 13th. It happened to be a Friday the 13th that um, things really, I think, closed down. Um, (laughs) Again, I'm pretty sure I'm right about all of this. Um, And for me, you know, it was a very hard and very uncertain time. But I think what myself, anyone who was kind of in my kind of job and for all the folks on the other side. So on the landlord side, we'd never been through anything like it before. So it was actually really this kind of huge learning experience, everything from if you were a brand that had a lot of stores and you didn't even know who the heck your landlord was, you were going to get to know them and pretty darn intimately because the conversations couldn't just be, hey, we've closed our doors, can you abate our rent? You know, this is why. Um, you also had to have those conversations like, how are you doing? Where do you sit out of? What's going on in your town? Um, how do we make this better? How do we, What? what is the answer? Because, um, and I've said this a lot, but it's, uh, and I'm stealing it from a friend of mine who is on the merchandising side. And somebody was saying, well, what are you gonna order? How are we gonna do this? She said. I wasn't alive during the Spanish flu, so I don't really know <laughs> what I'm going to order or what I'm going to do. And really, we all sat in that same seat, um, so we had to kind of figure it out as as we went. Um, and so, if you're comfortable with a lot of uncertainty, and even if you're not, um, you know, you kind of make your way through. And I'm I'm delighted to say we had great landlord partners on really. Every space that we kept in our portfolio, the few that we um, decided not to keep, we also had you know great learning experiences and for the most part very positive, um, you know, closing up or endings to them. Um, and again, it was it, it's relationship building. Um, it's also again who is going to be a true partner. And a big part of the leap model from a real estate perspective is that we're going to de-risk doing retail for these brands, it certainly, a huge portion of it has to come from the real estate side of the business. So we had already put kind of a stake in the sand saying, let's go work with partners who understand our model and understand that they need to share in the risk of doing retail real estate. And, you know, lo and behold, it's it's tons of people, it's tons of landlords, it's tons of developers who um, I think have probably seen the tenant landlord relationship and understand we're we're coming out the other side of this, it's a different time than we've ever been in history. Um, And and how do we move forward um, in a different way, and I, I think we're really seeing it. And given you
1: guys were the leaseholder and you were interfacing directly with the landlord and all those discussions, what was it like on the brand side? I mean, were your brands <laughs> freaking <checking> out? Free, <laughs> yeah, like, what was that? What was the level of, like, on a scale of one to 10, what was the freak out level? And, how, you know, how, how did it land? With you guys?
0: I would say the freak out level, if we're on a scale from one to 10, probably was 11, but people really held themselves into check, I think, you know, the the not knowing. Um, And I also think, you know, not having to have those conversations directly with your landlord probably was healthy for brands. Um, And that really, you know, again, internally Leap did the work, and then they would really just get their normal bill, but not a normal bill saying you are abated for the rent, or, um, you know, you're down to 25% of the rent they just or you're just paying the utilities or you're just paying the, you know, triple net charges, um, so that they can keep the building warm. Um, So again, we really had great partners who, um, you know, looked out into the future and into the darkness and said, this is what I can do and still manage the property, uh, big and small by the way, mom and pops, family trusts to, um, to REITs, this is what I can do for you and when we come out of it we'll figure out you know what we're going to do next.
1: I think you mentioned this before, you provide the actual um, the people who work in the stores right, do you source, so you must have like a whole recruiting engine
0: in, in a- we, we have um, a, a very good retail operations team, which we've added to um, because, yes, you can imagine um, the interviewing as we um, grow the number of stores on the platform. We're um, you know, going to approach 40 plus by the end of the year. So that's a, a lot of people. And I have to say, one of the things that I love about um, the retail operations side of it, and there there's a double dip, is that. You and I may have both been working in retail, not on the retail floor, but I remember even on the real estate side, um, one of my partners at a retailer was like, you know, we have 100% turnover in sales associates because nobody wants, you know, we need to make this better. We want people to have careers in retail, it's actually a great, you know, place to where you can grow and do things. And and we're not sending that message. And I think at LEAP, you come on, you work in a cluster where you're trained for two or three other brands um, and it's giving folks a longer, you know, runway. Um, you know, we're also incentivizing them probably a little differently and things like that. So it's giving them a much longer runway in a career that is retail, which can be, um, really lucrative and really enjoyable. So um, that excites me hugely. And it also, you know, pushes down on our costs a little bit that we have these clusters and that people can work cross functionally. So it's a savings for um, Leap and it's a savings for the brand. Um, And then on the other side of it, the technology side of it, I think just and I'm not saying this about LEAP, but we've got it right, and I am drinking the Kool-Aid. We've arrived in true omni-channel land. We've been talking about omni-channel for, it feels like, decades. It's probably only been one decade. But I think the true understanding of using store to its full productivity and its full capacity. Um, It's here. It's here right now. And if you're not, you know, picking and packing and curbside pickup and concierge appointments and buy online and pick up in store, if you're not meeting your customer where they want to be met and and using your store for everything it's worth, start doing it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I think like people have this misconception that brick and mortar retail is like a one trick pony, right? It's a store. You go in, you buy something and you leave. But really, like the the promise of Omnichannel is that you actually use that store for so many other purposes, right? It's not just the place where the clothes are on the rack and you make a return or whatever. It's 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 truly like the hub of all these other channels.
0: Absolutely. And I think also mission critical, which we, you know, didn't even talk about, but to your point, like you're not, and, and you know, some men do shop like this, like it's like, they're going to go buy underwear for the year and that's over. But it's also <laughs> about having an experience with a brand. So if you're a man and you're buying underwear at Mac Weldon, you know, then you're having an experience with that brand, even if it's your one to year shopping, you know, outing. Um, and that also comes from the store. It doesn't come from a website necessarily, even 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 if you have an amazing online experience.
1: Yeah, how many brands, um, I mean, you you alluded to earlier, a customer who said, look, I just wanna transfer all of my leases over to you guys. I I mean, obviously I would imagine that the goals of the company are to house every store for every brand, right? Um, Is there a kind of a standard kind of split between how many stores a brand has with you versus on their own, like their own leases?
0: That's a great question. I don't know if we've quite gotten there yet. We've had a great kind of case study this year where um, a brand called Faraday came to us and uses us kind of agility um, to open stores and markets and to test stores and markets. And, you know, we kind of love that because they still have a great master broker. They're doing permanent stores, which are run and under their corporate hood. Um, you know all around the country and we're kind of just you know doing it in markets that we're in Um, and i think you know with our cluster strategy we're not going to go and just do one store for them in denver we're going to go and do stores for multiple brands and them when we get to denver so that to me was a kind of a great example and i think we'd certainly encourage other companies to think about you know what what their store mix is um having talked to some other founders if you're going to do a lot of stores i think you begin to think about how much do i want to have asset wise debt wise risk wise all on my bill even though they all end will but you know should i be looking at franchising or somebody operating stores and you know what what is that right mix and i don't know if any brand has come to the to to the right answer on that or maybe they've just come to what's right for them
1: and, and um, do you guys get involved in any sort of supply chain and logistics, back-end stuff, or are our goods merchandising side all on the brand?
0: Uh, the merchandising is not all on the brand. We actually have a, a merchandiser in-house who is expanding her team. Um, and she gets in there and, um, you know, I, I think you, you want this um, from us anyway, um, but can help do the planning for, you know, what product um, should, how much product can you get into the space? Um, What product it actually should be? When is it time to change over product? Um, So if you don't have that in house, um, it's kind of incredible, but we we certainly handle all of that from the store, you know, point of view.
1: Cool. And from a vertical perspective, our are you focusing on certain types of brands? Is it apparel? Is there a strategy to get into food and beverage? Like what is what is kind of like the thought process there?
0: And one of the number one questions I get is, do we do food and beverage? We do not. I, I think that would probably have to be a whole, um, another section of the business, but I think it's an interesting question. Um, We're open to on the dry goods, you know, really every category. Um, So, you know, home obviously got a real boost this year. Um, We tend to currently have um, a lot of dry goods, men's and women's apparel, um, but are pushing up into um, shoes, jewelry, Um, makeup, home, Um, and, you know, I think what's key about the model is, you know, we do the CapEx, and we have a program that, you know, can be reused for any category. You'd never know it, Um, but again, it will just come back out as a Powered by Leap store.
1: Cool. Um, You mentioned earlier that there will be deals to be made. Um, What is your prediction of, call it the next 12 to 24 months of, of this recovery? Specifically on the retail end,
0: um, there are there are deals to be made. Yes, um, I think it is. The last couple of months are any indication it is going to be fast and furious, um, and hopefully furious and in a nice way. I, another nice commonality going back to that tenant landlord relationship is that I think neither side has ever been busier before. And you know, you kind of went from spinning your wheels during the pandemic are we going to do any deals and if so how are we going to get them done and how are we going to get them open to being shot out of a cannon and Mm -hmm. you know how how many deals can you get done and and how quickly Um, and I think it's a lovely thing because if you're in this business you enjoy the negotiation you enjoy the deal making I've also heard which I think this is goes back to the tenant landlord you know evolution is that um even though deals are going quicker and people are trying to scoop things up, that they're more thoughtful and so there's almost more work going into them. And I think that is, you know, kind of what we thought about society coming out of the pandemic. Are we going to be a kinder, gentler society because we haven't been able to be with each other? I think that's still kind of (laughs) to to be determined. Um, But I think on the deal-making side, um, certainly there's definitely you know slow down to go fast let's have a conversation about it um let's have more internal conversations um we're working with a property i won't mention by name that we love and we want to do lots of stores with and um you know they're going through a process where they're definitely re-merchandising there was a, a shakeout even though it's an a property um but they sit down every week with their president and they go through every single space on the lease plan to make sure that they're you know getting it right this time Um, and I know there is a lot of talk about will it be the roaring 20s as far as um, built up demand and um, people wanting to dress up again and people wanting to be out and shop and I, I buy into that theory you know quite a bit you know people who have been really really um careful. I'm just now seeing Instagram posts of them out to dinner with no mask on inside. Um, people in stores who are elated maybe haven't seen their local whoever it is in a while. Um, and I think we should enjoy those stories They're, you know, yeah. they're, say something about where we've been.
1: Yeah, I'm on the same page, except for the dress up thing. I got so used to wearing like a t-shirt and like sweatpants to work every day in my in my house. Like that is trying... a
0: hard chain to break. <laughs> I'm with you on that.
1: That's yeah, that's super interesting. Like in terms of deal structures on the retail line, is there is do you see a shift in how landlord and tenants are looking at um rent rent structures? Is 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 it gonna be a little while before we figure out what that ideal is. Cause I know like I'm my, my background's on the office side and there's a lot of talk about different types of lease structures, whether it's a revenue share or if it's like a management agreement and and not like a traditional like 10 year lease with an amortization of TI. It's I'm curious what you think, what you're seeing out there.
0: Yeah, we're seeing um, a lot of the same. I mean, some of the main and main properties, there's not a ton of wiggle room to, but I also think it's, again, goes back to both parties being more thoughtful. Um, and, you know, I, I would be, um, I don't want to say crucified for saying this, but, you know, I think both parties are thinking. Um, about 10-year deals being kind of the end all be all so it's like do you want to do a 10-year deal and then you know we've seen brands as big as the gap and victoria's secret have moments of potentially imploding um or do you want to do something shorter and kind of see how it goes um and also you know being creative with variable rent and you know leap certainly are our take on it and i say this to landlords directly and i think they really hear it and understand it is it's not maybe necessarily that we're asking to do 100% variable rent but even by opening up our books and it's it's not a new concept but um it's equitable, it's transparent, you know if we can afford to be in that space. Um, and if we can't, you probably don't want us there. And if we can't, we probably don't want to be there. And then, you know, there's some remedy for that. Um, or there's not, and you're like, wow, this is really gangbusters and we're gonna be part of this brands and, and you know, Leap's ultimate growth in the market. So I think those kinds of conversations um, are happening every day. And maybe that's a little bit, you know, deal-making is faster furious but you're slowing down to be thoughtful about those conversations
1: yeah but what I, what I find fascinating about the business and its, its growth is um you have these major forces that have emerged over the last call it 20 25 years of like big box retail just like eating up the little guys and then you have e-commerce and amazon and you know online retail eating up physical retail but there's still this demand for physical stores and for small ones. Um, What are those conversations like with the brands? Are they, do they feel confident? Obviously they feel confident about their business, but is there like a testing of waters or is it like, no, we're going full bore and we're opening 30 stores. Like how, how are retailers, I guess, thinking about like grappling with like macro forces that are always kind of in the headlines with respect to retail?
0: You know, it's interesting. I think it goes brand by brand, but it also almost goes, I don't want to say day by day, but I think as we're coming out of the pandemic and, um, you know, People are seeing the foot traffic numbers They're hearing new sales comps and there hasn't been a ton of new sales comps, um, you know, new rent comps. Um, also kind of what's going on to your point about how many a thousand square foot white boxes are out there and then what's going on in these other places um, and what's going on with their e-com sales what really makes sense for them but i think what has happened and i'm not saying this because you know i make my livelihood this way um is that you know physical retail is certainly not dead and it lends something to um you know even your e sales or to your brand and that um you know why would we go through all of this um, if you weren't going to make any money, you know, and we're not talking, we're talking to, you know, brands in a wide spectrum, but most of them are not brands that are saying, yeah, I'll go to Madison Avenue because it'll be like buying an ad and I don't really care how much revenue I bring in. Um, So there's something really thoughtful about that. But I think once you stick your toe in the water and you say, Hey, this actually works or, this worked, but we need to, you know, course correct here, which are all things, you know, you can do on the lead platform, um, then you're really off and running. And we've seen that in a really great way from some of the brands that, you know, started with us. Again, we're still pretty young who are now going up to four and five stores. And I think the store count for folks is probably changing um, the Victoria Secrets of the world where you're going to go to that many stores. and you know, that model has kind of also proved what's good and bad about itself.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rebecca, thanks for joining us. This has been fascinating. I'm rooting for you guys. I, I think it's an awesome model. wonder if there's an application on on the office side or other, you know, asset types. Keep us posted on your progress. Working Working with you guys is opening our eyes to just like the changing nature of retail and what our customers will expect as well. So...
0: Thank, thank you so much for having me. As I said at the top of the call, might have not been on air, but we're, we're loving Occupy. It's been a, a big help in um, you know opening a lot of stores um, and particularly for my team. So yes, and, and we're rooting for, for you and we're rooting for ourselves as well. So keep your eyes out for us.
1: We will. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. We really appreciate your time. Thanks. Bye now.
0: Bye. Bye.